0: And welcome everyone to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk. As always, I am Matt, and today i got my co-host with me. What can I say? It's the wonderful Slade. Slade, how's it going up in North Alabama this week?
1: It is going well. We are, we are running cars. Um, I can't remember if I was engaged before the last time we recorded, but I am now, so I've got that going for me. So, I mean, it, it, a lot of big things happening up this way. But yeah, we were out here. We've been, you know, we've been living large up here. Uh, Nothing, nothing too fancy as far as that goes. But we've just been busy, busy, busy between working in a house. You kind of, you kind of just don't have time to do the stuff you always like doing. But luckily, today I was able to get some time off and and record again, which is what I really, really enjoy doing. It's one of the highlights of my week every week.
0: Yeah, man, for sure. And I don't think last time we recorded... I think we recorded like the week before you were gonna propose because I think yes. you told me before we re- recorded that that's what you were gonna the plan was or whatnot. Um yep. But anyway, yeah, congratulations, man! Super happy for y'all. Uh, welcome to the engaged life. Oh, uh, it's it's uh, the journey's just starting, and, and and like I said, I'm extremely happy for y'all. Um, I don't know your better half, but from what i've seen and and how you how you speak about her um you're a lucky guy so like i said man extremely happy for y'all and, and excited for what the future holds for both of y'all um so congratulations on that man
1: oh yeah we're we're excited um we think we're gonna do it in april and 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 have have that and get everything ready to go and then we got a house out in florence so it's everything's looking good i was I was hoping she would say yes and she did. She did joke that she would actually felt that she was going to shake her head no at first, and I don't know what I'd done I mean, she had <laughs> but but she but she she went ahead and said yes, and that made me so happy.
0: You know, I, obviously, I can't speak from a female's perspective on this, but I would like to think. Because it's kind of like I I, I mentioned you when you talked to me about it. I was like, man, like, you know, basically, you know, she's going to say yes. And you're like, yeah, I know, but I'm still a little nervous type deal. And I feel like with the female, it's the same, like, because it's something they look forward to their entire life as well. You know, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously, it's a different perspective because from the guy, it's the rejection part or or, oh, man, I got to speak to her father type deal. You know, so it's that kind of pressure. But from the female's part, it's, it's something they've looked forward to their entire life. It's a moment that they've thought about, you know, and so they can be like, yeah, I know I'm going to I'll do this in the moment. But then when you get in the moment, it kind of takes you, you know, takes over. Right. And, and right. you don't really have time to think about what you're really going to do. You just do it naturally. Um, so, yeah, I've always uh, the proposal's always been one of those things that's kind of fascinated me because it, I feel like the majority of the time, you know, what's going to happen, but it's still one of the most nerve wracking things you could go through. Oh, absolutely. Um, and that's, that's the beauty of it, you know, because hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, you know, for your sake and mine and everybody out there listening, you don't have to go through it once. Right. Right. And, and so you want that one time to be the right way. Uh, absolutely. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> but it is, it's beautiful as well, man. And like I said, I'm happy for y'all. Um, and i'm happy for everybody tuning in uh it's been a few weeks it's been you know two or three weeks since we've recorded uh slay was mentioning his his job has his been kind of hectic and, and crazy in his personal life and and same over here uh it's, it's been tough for me and slay to kind of get our schedules to match up for a couple hours here over the last couple of weeks but we're here today recording uh, our plan is to to just kind of go through what's been going on since the last time we recorded, because there has been quite a bit that's going on in yes. and outside of the wrestling ring, uh, especially within WWE. Um, but before we get into that, as always, if you could please give us a like and a follow on social media, how uh, we are on Facebook and Twitter. On Facebook, we are at Buckle Talk, and on Twitter, we are at Turnbuckle P. Once again, give us a like and a follow on both of those platforms. It would be greatly, greatly, <laughs> greatly appreciated. Uh, and that would be your easiest way of staying up to date on all things uh, Turnbuckle Talk. So with that being said, Slade, uh, I mean, like I just mentioned, man, there's there's been quite a bit going on the last two or three weeks within the wrestling world. Uh do you want to start with the I, – I would say, do you want to start with the good or the bad? And the good would be kind of Crown Jewel and the aftermath from Crown Jewel, and the bad would be the, the releases that were announced late last week. The releases
1: week. being announced, I think, needs it's probably the it, – it, we'll go in chronological order, and that would be Crown Jewel followed by the releases.
0: Okay. That'll work for me. Did you, did you get to watch all of Crown Jewel?
1: Not all of it. I'm just – I saw enough of what I wanted to see. I'll be honest. A lot of it just didn't appeal to me in the least. Truth
0: be told. Are, are you saying it didn't appeal like on paper? On paper. Like before the show? Before the show. And okay. then like when I yeah. saw
1: the results, it didn't. Like if there had been something that I saw, like you know, I will say I, the, the Rollins Edge Hell in a Cell match was really good. Oh, man. It was like, like it, it was, it was. I'm glad I went out of my way to watch it.
0: That honest um, to God, that was one of my favorite hell in a cell matches. Like it, yeah, it, it was, it was really well done.
1: Um Lesnar and Reigns wasn't bad, and the way they did it kind of left some ambiguity on who side Heyman's on and all that yeah. good stuff. Um, and it and it led the door for another story. Yeah, Um,
0: just to cut you off real quick since I'm thinking about it, but the way they did that spot with Heyman throwing the title kind of in in between both of them and then him saying, you know, you know what to do type thing, but not being direct to either one of them. Right. It's a cheesy thing. Like, hey, I'm going to throw this championship title at, two, you know, 260-pound-plus men, like, but at the same time, is so creative and was so well done that it like you said the ambiguity and the the, they're just leaving that seat doubt and Heyman's weaselly
1: enough for it to
0: work yes yes it works with him. like like,
1: like somebody else might but a guy like Heyman who you know is going to be playing both sides of it right in character like that fits him like i'm gonna throw it in the ring and that way they both can think right i meant them
0: and you're still keeping that doubt in the viewer's yeah. mind, you know? And right. it, like, it was, it was, was very, it? yeah, it was a very creative spot. Yeah, it was, um, it was something it was you haven't well-do. really seen before, you know, specifically.
1: Right. Um, and uh, let's see here. You had the triple threat between uh, Bianca, uh, Sasha, and Becky, which Becky won. And then Becky won the rematch with Bianca. And I'm just, i am got to think they're setting up Bianca to win the Royal Rumble again and get, let her get her moment at Mania, because I just don't understand why you keep letting her lose all the time. But yeah. I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And hope that, they're, that this is leading somewhere, because um, – let's see here.
0: You know – I'll
1: oh, go uh, ahead. I'm sorry.
0: I was just going to say, what you're saying, you hope it's leading somewhere. I have the same thought, but at the same time, like, in my head eh, – and it might just be me being optimistic, or giving WWE too much credit. But when it comes to Bianca Belair, like they can't mess this up, right? Surely they can't. Like, and I know we've said that about other talent. And I mean, you know, foreshadowing to 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 the releases, like Karrion and Cross, you could kind of put in a similar boat with how he was built in NXT. But with Bianca, like it just she just jumps off the TV screen. Right. And like she's just one of those, you know, I don't I don't think she's the next John Cena or the next Ric Flair or anything of that nature. But it's also this at the same time, you can't look at it like how can you mess this up? And I mean, she, hey, if, if if they're able to mess it up, I'll have to give it credit to them for being able to mess it up. Right. Because yes. you got to do something terribly wrong you know time and time again to mess this up like it is in their lap they don't have to just let her go you know
1: but this is yeah like i said bianca's got that charisma is not something you can teach
0: right it's not something that you can just
1: you can't go to the to the developmental center and, and teach the the presence she has
0: right. and and and, I don't want to say this to say she's the perfect you know, she's the perfect character or perfect wrestler at this point. like there's still a lot of developing she can oh, do, yeah. but she has it in her. You can tell she has it in her.
1: she she uh, gets better every time you see her. She's obviously willing to put the work in to get better
0: right. and and, and I I've, I've tweeted it. I was just gonna say I've tweeted it before, like I would like to see them add, you know, for me, I like my characters to have layers um evolution you know over time uh to keep it from being stale and stagnant and and so for me in my opinion the next step for her and and i think they've done it kind of off and on but the next step for her for me for matt is to kind of be a little more serious um, and I don't want to say become a, you know, a silent killer type, but you know, when somebody's challenging her, you know, when Becky's challenging her, like stop the hair twirling, stop the, the skipping down the ramp, like be serious, you know, um, and just kind of flip that switch. Right. right. Uh, but y- y- you know, it- it's gotta be a nice mixture. And I've seen that a couple of times, but it's kind of taken her getting, getting attacked to bring that out of her. Right. I just want to see her come down to the ring after Becky cuts a, a, a promo owner telling her she ain't shit or whatever. And I just want to see Bianca like not twirling any hair, not spinning around, not hopping, just walk crap. straight down to the ring stone faced and be like, all right, I'm in the ring. Now you want to say that again, you know, we can go like, it, and just take it up a notch in that aspect. And then the next week after she whoops Becky's ass. The next week she can hop down to the ring. She can try, you know what I mean? But just have that little to kind of let the fans know, okay, Bianca's pissed. Like this, yes. this is a serious, this is real. Like this ain't gimmick Bianca. Like this is real Bianca. Yes. And that's, that's the next step I'd like to see them take with her. And if they do do that, then, you know, I, I feel like the sky is truly the limit for Bianca, but uh i'll I'll say this with bianca if it fails it ain't on her that's for damn sure yeah yeah
1: that she is like i said she's clearly shown the capacity to be a to work and again that again her presence is not something that you can just you can't just teach that that is it that is that 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 um it that they always talk about she's got it
0: oh absolutely uh and and one more thing on Bianca while we're talking about her because I kind of found found myself last week watching Raw which last week's episode of Raw was really freaking good um, especially for a Monday Night Raw episode um, if you if you if you're listening and you didn't watch last week's episode of Monday Night Raw go back and watch it uh, it was very very well put together show and all the in ring action was top notch in my opinion but. Last week I found myself thinking about Bianca. Like I just kind of had the thought, like, I'd like to see her get away from Becky. Right. But it's it's nothing between those two. I just kind of want to see something different for her and and her with somebody else. But then I was also thinking, well, who would you put her with? And I don't I don't really know, you know. All right. Um know because do you do you want to use her at this point to try and build somebody up when you're still trying to build her? Um, so I can understand why they're putting her with, you know, a Charlotte or a Sasha or a Becky in that aspect. Um, but I, 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 you know, so there is part of me that, that wants to see her with some, you know, doing something different, but then there's another part of me. is like, Oh, I don't know what else she could do different at this point.
1: You really can't do much. Um, I mean, I guess you might could experiment with her with some of the younger and see, you know, can she carry it? But yeah, she's so she's so talented, and again, her and Becky just fit perfectly. Like oh. there's an e- there's an easy story there, but you know, Becky realizing that she really can't. I mean, she can't really beat Bianca straight up. She's got to do everything she can. Early cheap shots, you know, taking the uh, ring, po- the turnbuckle pad off, everything she can. It, there's a little bit of Austin rock at mania 17 there. of uh, Where Austin was just so desperate to get the title that he did things that he would never have considered doing in the past. And again, with me, B- and I've said before with Becky's character, you don't have to worry about that because she doesn't mind She doesn't mind skirting the rules to win if she has to.
0: Can I give you a hot take on Becky? Yes. I've I've never, I don't want to say this ignorantly or whatever, but I've never understood the obsession with Becky. Now, let me say this. I respect the hell out of her. Um, she's solid in ring but there's nothing that she's ever really done I guess outside of getting punched in the nose by Nia Jax on accident there's nothing that she's ever done that has resonated with me like there's not a standout Becky Lynch moment you know um, I, I'll say this you she like I said I I can watch her. It's not like I want to change the channel when she's on TV, but there's just something I'm not, I I guess I'm just not as high on her as a lot of, I guess, the internet wrestling community is. Um, I don't hate her by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, She can be entertaining, but, you you know, if you put her, the four horse women, her, Sasha, uh, 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 Charlotte, and, Who's the other
1: one?
0: Bailey. Bailey. She's number four for me. I
1: would. I wouldn't go that far because I like Becky a lot. Um, I will say that I think there was, and and I'm thinking we're going to get more of that now, but I thought there was a lot of meat on the bone when she turned heel on Charlotte, which led to the whole the man thing that. <sighs> that took off yes there was a lot of meat on the bone there and a lot of like character-wise justifiable reasons to do what she did
0: yeah and
1: the fans kind of turned turned her back face
0: yeah and i will say to your point if they were to do kind of a long uh a, a long form storytelling between charlotte and becky i would be really into that because To me, Becky has the most chemistry with Charlotte, like I said, to me. And I feel like they could tell a really good story and they could both just really get into each other without taking it too personal. Um, Obviously, I don't know their backstage dynamics and whatnot, but that's just how I feel about it on a surface level. Um, So, yeah, to your point, if they were to put her and Charlotte together somehow for, you know, a year – or a year and a half, some you know, a long story. Like I feel like they could really pull that off and that would probably pull me into Becky a little bit more. Um, but I just, I, I, I can't necessarily put my finger on it with her, but there's just, to me, I'm not saying she's overrated or any, any of that. I'm just, she, she's, she doesn't do it for me. Like she does for the majority of people I see on social media, I guess. Um, like I say, I still enjoy watching her. Um, uh, she's not Nia Jax. I'm not changing the channel when she comes on TV or any of that nonsense, but it's just one of those things. Like I was thinking last week, I was like, I, I, mean, I, I don't really understand why people were so, so high on Becky. Um, but to use their own, that's the beauty of wrestling, right? Absolutely. You know, you can hate doing the clown. And I think he's one of the greatest things ever. Who's wrong. Nobody. Exactly.
1: <laughs> Although the correct answer is he'll, Hill Doink is one of the greatest things
0: ever. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But the kids don't know about that these days, right? No. But yeah, uh, just to kind of finish off Crown Jewel, uh, I was able to watch all of it live up until the Xavier Woods and Finn Balor match. Now I had to go to work. Um, but I will say, and the bar is kind of low when you're bringing it to this standard but I think it was by far the best Saudi Arabia show top to bottom. Um, It was, it was really, it was a really solid show. Like it had a real uh, WrestleMania feel to it with all the pyro and stuff, which you come to expect at these Saudi shows because they're getting paid Buku money to do them. um, So they have money to blow with the pyro, but I thought the presentation was really well done I thought the, the the card was spaced out really well. And I thought every match delivered for the most part. Uh, and like you mentioned with the Hell and Cell match, that was just – it might have been my favorite match of the night. Uh, and then Lesnar and Reigns. I, I – you know, I mentioned it before with Reigns in these main event matches. They're just on pay-per-views. Uh, I just enjoy the hell out of them um, because it, it just has – an older school feel to it with the pacing and the, you know, the methodical work rate, I guess. Uh, it just has an old school feel to it. You know, it's not rushed. They let it breathe. And and every main event he's in has that same kind of theme to it. And I just love it. Um, and Lesnar's still a freak of nature. I don't think that'll ever change. Yes. You know, he'll, it's he'll it, be able to, yeah, he'll be 85 with a walker and still be able to pick up Charles Robinson by his belt loop. Uh, yes. It's just, yeah, he's a freak. And we're we're lucky to have experienced Brock Lesnar um, during our lifetime. Yes. Like, you know, it's just one of those things. Like people hate him. People talk crap about him, all this and that. He might be an asshole in real life. Guess what? A lot of people are. Um, But I still want to watch him on TV. Because he entertains the hell out of me. Again,
1: when when properly motivated, Brock's one of the best there. When Brock's own, there's not been many people better ever.
0: Oh yeah, and if I don't
1: know, like he gets pro wrestling extremely well.
0: He does, and for somebody who has admittedly just been in it for the money and hated the travel and not been a very backstage, you know, one of the boys type deal, like the man, you can tell, like you, I mean, you, you said it, he, you can tell when he's into it and you can tell when he really wants to be there. Um, and, and when he is, and when he's invested, yeah, there's not many better than him. Uh, if you're listening to this and you started watching WWE in 2010, 2012, you know, go back and watch Lesnar's early stuff with the undertaker and with other people, uh, it's some good stuff. It's really good stuff. Him and Kurt Angle. Um, oh, God. Those you, are yeah. I mean, Lesnar was just – he was on another level. Um, and so, I think that's probably why you and I both have kind of a soft spot for him, and a lot of people our age does, you know, because we did see the young Brock Lesnar, the next big thing, uh, and we know what he's capable of. And he's still done that off and on, you know, since he's come back. But – yeah lesnar is just a freak um but yeah man i I thought crown jewel it was the best saudi show they've had i think it being the only pay-per-view this month helped because it doesn't it doesn't feel like it was misplaced you know like oh we're in these storylines oh but we got to hop over to saudi arabia this week no next week we'll be back to normal like it was kind of built, you know, they integrated the King King of the Ring and the Queen, Queen's Crown Tournament, easy for me to say, um, into it. So there's kind of these storylines actually going into the show, which I think it's kind of been missing over the last few years or any of the Saudi shows, to be honest. Um, so I think they kind of changed the formula up a little bit, which they still had, you know, they brought Goldberg back. Uh, Lesnar was back. You, you know, these the, the Saudi shows, they're going to have the big names because that's who the Saudi people want. Uh, but I thought that they did it. It was similar in a sense, but they also took kind of a different approach to it this time around, and I think it worked out better.
1: Right, and yeah, you've got um, and of course we forgot about the the real star of the show, and that's uh that's Mansoor getting the win over Mustafa Ali. Let's see here. Make sure I got that right. Did I say Mans is that his name? Yeah. Like, like he is like, like he is to the Saudi shows what the
0: undertaker was to mania before 2014. Yeah. I was about to say, if I don't bet on wrestling, I'm not betting on something that's fake, but I know you can. Mm-hmm. If you're a betting man and you want to bet on wrestling, just wait, save your money up for one year and bet on Mansoor at a Saudi Arabia show because he's going to win guaranteed win every single time 100 yeah also is funny on twitter i did not realize how entertaining he is on twitter uh until i found him kind of throwing shots at Ryback the other day did you see that yes no yes. it was so good it was so good um so yeah Mansour is a really good follow on twitter for those that don't know like myself
1: I saw that, but I'm going to I'm gonna have to now follow him to see to see more of his stuff.
0: Yeah, he's a funny dude. Big money, manny. So, I guess moving on from Crown Jewel, the biggest thing that came from that show for me was Xavier Woods winning the King of the Ring. Yes. And I don't necessarily want to say the biggest thing, but the, the thing I took away the most from it. Uh, because one... I didn't think it would happen. Two, I was so happy that it happened, and three, like his little post match promo, made me even happier because I knew, like, as soon as he told the camera, he was like, "You don't cut from me. I tell you when to cut." You know, do the camera cuts. I was like, he's about to go all in on this character. Like, we we haven't seen a King of the Ring like this since Booker T um and so i really and dude the last two or three weeks since that show it just keeps getting better and better you know now kofi's his right hand uh of the king and uh i think he called caleb braxton yeah and he called uh caleb braxton the town gossip and dude like He's just going all out. And you know, this is something he's wanted. I mean, he said, if you know anything about Xavier Woods, this is all he's ever wanted. He's even said in interviews, like he'd much rather be King of the ring than champion. Um, This is something he has always wanted. And that's why I thought he wouldn't get it uh, because you know how WWE is, man. You know, if there's something that seems obvious, you you assume that's not going to happen. Um, And, and, somebody like Finn Balor i mean he's also realistic in that kind of in that kind of a match against Xavier like it wouldn't be far fetched for Finn to win that match right but Not at all. they they put on a damn good match it was very entertaining and yeah i, I seeing xavier with the crown and and all and this stuff it's just it's like it, you know he's going to you know he's
1: going to sink his teeth into this and I and I honestly hope, and I and I know this is probably not how it's going to end, but I hope they don't make him turn into a to a heel doing this. Like I think there's stuff to be made for a benevolent King Woods. Yes. And you know the the always oh he get le- he lets it get to his head and he becomes a complete asshole and everybody can't stand him and I, I think it would it would beho- it would be it fit him more his character in the new day itself for him to be the, a benevolent king
0: you know i agree with you under one but i it's tough because there's many possibilities with this right you could go many different ways with xavier woods in this position right and i think if done right i don't think any of them would be bad but my faith in wwe and doing all of them right is not very high well, so absolutely I- understand it right and so when when it comes to him being a heel i think it could be done right but i don't think wwe has the patience to do it right because in my opinion doing it right would be having it very very subtle at first and almost like subtle enough that xavier doesn't even realize he's doing it and is like oh wait my bad sorry i did not realize that, you know, that type of deal. And then over a few months, it, it, it becomes even more egregious. And he gets a little less apologetic. And then over the next two months, you, you know what I mean? And it's a slow burn. It's a slow progression. And then finally, he just flips the script after about a year. And then you got him and Kofi. Um, I could see it working in that respect. But if WWE were to do it, I see it happening in like three weeks. Right, and that yeah, wouldn't WWE, work. WWE, WWE doesn't do slow burns. No, they yeah. don't. They don't. Not not much at all. Not unless it involves like somebody like Edge or yeah. maybe Orton um, or, or Lesnar when you know he's gonna be gone for a while. Right, but it's a, it's a select few, and and Xavier isn't on that level at this point. Um, so I. To your point, I could see it working if they were to do it that way. Just, you know, Matt's perspective. Another interesting thing, Slade, what would you think about this? And I don't know how it would happen, but it's WWE. They could make anything happen, right? But what would you think about a New Day triple threat for the championship at WrestleMania? Say that one more time. A New Day triple threat for the championship at WrestleMania. I wouldn't hate it. Yeah, Big E, Kofi, and Xavier for Big E's title.
1: I wouldn't hate it. I, spe- I mean, you could do it in a way where Woods finally I, – I would prefer them go with the benevolent king route. I would. Right. But if you go this route, you could do the slow burn where, where Woods finally just snaps and says, look, I'm king, and as king, I'm giving myself a title match against Big E at WrestleMania. And right. Kofi tries to like be his conscience, like no, this is not what we want. We've the, this whole time it's been about all us, all of us together, and making sure everybody else is happy, and making sure you know all for one, one for all. And Kofi finally just says, "I'm not going to let you do this, and I'll enter myself in it, and I'll sacrifice myself to make sure this doesn't happen." But then as time gets closer, Kofi remembers the whole Kofi Mania thing, and. His run as a champion. He's like, you know what? I never really truly got a shot. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go after this. I think there's again meat on the bone there.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. And personally, I'm of the opinion that New Day should never break up. Yeah, but even
1: do this, and then after it's all over with, Woods be like, you know what? I was completely wrong.
0: Right. He let I it go to his wrong. head, or yeah. Sorry. And. And them all be you know best friends again, right? You know, and like I said, I'm I don't want to see New Day break up. It won't break my heart if they do break up if they do it right, if it's done right by them. But I just have to assume that at some point every tag team's breaking up, right? Because in the history of WWE, WWF, all the tag teams have broken up. You know, they wind up back together. The Usos haven't broken up. Uh, but they've been one of the, I, I would say, through WWE history, the Usos got to be one of the toughest tag teams that you could see breaking up, right? Because they're freaking identical twins. Um, so that's hard to break up identical twins. You know, Matt and Jeff Hardy are about the closest, but they broke up. Um, so part of me looks at it that way. Like, yeah, I don't want them to break up, but they've done it to everybody else. So you assume it's going to happen to them, you know, because they didn't come in to WWE as a new day. So, but I'm just going to enjoy it while it lasts, man. Happy for Xavier. Uh, it's always good to see people uh, get get what kind of their childhood dream, you know, like Vince McMahon said when Shawn Michaels won, his childhood dream has come true. Uh, right. If anybody has listened to Xavier Woods, this was his childhood dream was to be king of the ring um so yeah more than happy for him and i'm excited to see just how far he goes with this character uh, because just in a few weeks it's been highly entertaining yes
1: yes um and woods is again uh, one of the most talented um minds on the roster like well all of them are
0: but Woods you can kind of tell is sort of the creative he, He's kind of the creative brains yep. behind a lot of the stuff they do he yep he xavier is the one that they have to reel back in yeah. you know it's like all right dude you're, you're you're too far out there just bring it back a little bit you know bring it back a little bit. yeah absolutely but they're all really they're all awesome oh yeah for sure and 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 yeah how Kofi's been able to to uh lengthen his career with this New Day run has just been remarkable Uh, because he's another one I mean he hadn't been in there as long as Orton but he's been there as long as Ziggler almost um right around the same time so it's yeah happy for all of them man and it feels bad and I hate it
1: but I feel like Kofi would have been one of the future endeavors.
0: People, oh yeah, had, had not hooked up with the New Day when he did. Well, yeah, and I don't. Uh, you know, I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but I've, I've heard Kofi in an interview saying that New Day was his last chance. Like he had told himself, like if New Day didn't work, he was done. He was going to retire. Um, and, else. yeah, and I think Big E has kind of said the same thing that like that was his last effort. Um so was, yeah, i I, I felt because after Orton after Orton and Kofi did their thing and and kind of Kofi got buried after the whole stupid thing, it didn't look good for him. No it didn't
1: And, and I'll say this it, I give them a lot of credit because Vince's vision for what the new day was and theirs were so different. yep and they played the Vince version to loud boos. Like, I hated the New Day at first.
0: Yeah, was, yeah.
1: And then they started being themselves, and holy crap. I, I don't know that I've done a 180 that fast on anybody as quick as I did the New Day. But once they Same. started being themselves, it was just, it was magic. Uh, you started having the trombone, the unicorns, the bootios. It, again, credit to Woods, Kofi, and Biggie for for not only making it work, but letting it have this kind of staying power.
0: Oh, 100%, man. And, and speaking of, of staying power, uh, Riddle rode a camel in to his yeah. match in Saudi Arabia, Slade. That's, that's Dude, hilarious. I popped so hard when that happened. Orton's face was just... It, I've said it a hundred times, but I'll say it a hundred and one times. Like they're just so good together. I, uh, I, uh, uh, they could be in every segment. I'd be fine. They just have this big brother, little brother dynamic that. You, it's just it's it's natural, you know.
1: Oh yeah, they have a, again another. It's chemistry that you just can't teach i don't think yeah like i just don't think you can i mean i'm sure you can go backstage and y'all can and you can talk to somebody but i don't know that it can translate on screen as well as theirs does if it's not
0: just there yeah slate if you want to laugh for about 20 minutes uh-huh. go I, It might be on youtube i'm not sure try and find uh matt riddle's interview on peter rosenberg's podcast Uh, the cheap heat it was like a couple weeks ago i was listening to it and dude i was just laughing the whole time because he's such a laid-back guy but he's so funny and like he doesn't realize it like he's just being himself you know um but he was kind of talking about how him and randy got formed uh together and and other i guess legends backstage and how they've kind of changed their Thoughts and opinions on him since they have gotten to know him and whatnot. It was a really good interview. Uh, and, and it kind of – Riddle was still entertaining. He was still funny. But you also got to learn a little bit about him, you know. Um, and, and, and it kind of helped you realize, like, he ain't just this pothead, goofball bro. Like, he, you know, he, he's an intelligent dude. Um, he's got some sense to him. So, I highly recommend, you know, seeking that interview out. But, dude, um, they're, they're – yeah, Riddle and Orton. Uh, <sighs> Orton's been on a run every, the last two or three years. Uh, everything he's touched has just went to gold. Uh, you know, I mean, and I mean, he, I mean, yeah. he's he's something else. He's the best. No, absolutely. Uh, so what else what else has kind of been going on the last couple of weeks that has kind of I mean uh, tickled your fancy, I guess. I guess we
1: should mention um, Zelina Vega who started the Queen's crown tournament on a on a ungodly losing streak. I mean, the Washington Generals I think had had more success than she had recently. Um, but she uh, she she turned it around and she beats Tony Storm she beats Carmella and then she beats Dewdrop to win the to win the Queen's Crown tournament so um that's really all I got to say about that I, I I guess I get it but I really don't
0: uh, Yeah that whole Queen's Crown tournament was really weird to me
1: Yeah like you 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 have Carmella you have Carmella and and, and Zelina in a semifinal, which just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Was it Dewdrop and Baszler in the other semifinal?
0: Yeah, and Dewdrop beat her.
1: Dewdrop, yeah. Like, like rolled
0: her up or something.
1: Yeah, like just, uh, yeah, the less said about
0: it, the better. I thought Shayna was the perfect person to win yeah, it. She should have been perfect for it. You know, she's already the queen of spades or whatever they call her. Yeah. And, uh, she could have like broken the crown or something and said I don't need this shit and yes. you know continued her badassery yes. and because I mean Zelina isn't going to be hurt losing it Dewdrop isn't going to be hurt losing it uh, Carmella damn sure ain't going to be hurt losing it but you're building up Shayna these last this last month or however long it's been and then you have her lose come on man come on come on go get it together yeah I, I yeah it's the women's division in wwe is probably one of the more baffling things that they have going on right now because the top of the card in the women's division it's top notch but they can't figure out what to do with the rest of the women right and it's baffling it's baffling um hopefully for the women's sake it gets figured out sooner rather than later um but it, it's just, you can't get invested into any of these women, man. Like, they want to – dude, Liv Morgan, there's so much potential there with that girl, with that woman, that and WWE won't do anything.
1: And I don't get it because it's like she fits everything they they seem to want.
0: It's like she's trending on Twitter like three times a week.
1: Yeah, she's she, she's – funny she's, she's drop dead gorgeous she's she's blonde she she works and works and gets better weekly and weekly she's got a great personality she you know whenever she does stuff um like when she does media calls or conference calls she she comes across really well she's very um articulate she's very intelligent she's very She's very well spoken. She doesn't put herself in a position to, um, she doesn't put herself in a position to embarrass herself or the company. Like she seems to be the prototype of what they would want.
0: Right, and she's blonde. Yes, <laughs> and if you know anything about Vince McMahon, that's an advantage. Uh, that's why it's so baffling with her. Like she ain't, you know, she's not. She's not the ricky steamboat of female wrestlers or anything but she's captivating she draws you in you you she's trending on social media every week people care and yes. why they don't do anything with her more than what they've done i dude, she would have been the perfect uh sister abigail she would have been uh they could have done so much with her over the last couple of years and they haven't done anything hardly and it's, it's one of those that's just really baffling. Like, did she piss somebody off backstage? Or, like, I, don't, I don't know. Because there's nothing she's done on TV, you know, uh, before we get into the releases. But I'll bring up Nia Jax. Like, what has Liv Morgan done that Nia Jax didn't do that makes... You see what I'm saying? Like, right. why why Nia Jax get the push but Liv Morgan didn't? Right. What has Liv done that... And that, stuff like that doesn't make sense to me, and, and and I don't know. In Nia's case, I think we kind of know what. That is. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, because you cannot say that Nia Jax is a better worker than Liv Morgan, right? Um,
1: and she doesn't come across the screen. I mean, she's big, but she doesn't really have that presence. Like, oh. big as she, she doesn't. She's, she's like, okay, she's just a. I hate to say it, she's just a big woman. There's right. no there's no
0: substance to it. Right. But that's what I'm saying. Like what, what, what was Naya doing that Liv wasn't, you know? Right. Um, so hopefully, hopefully to the broader picture, uh, they'll, they'll figure out what they're doing with the, the women's division, you know, outside of four or five women that they kind of figured something out with. Uh, Cause yeah, the, a lot of these women deserve better. Uh, I'm not usually one to to hop on the hashtag "Give Women a Chance" train type deal or whatnot, but you can't deny it with this stuff. Um, the Queen's Crown tournament was was proof that they don't really have any investment in any of these women, and they're just kind of throwing shit at the wall to see what's stuck. Right. But yeah, with that being said, congratulations to to to, to, to Zelina, Zelina Vega. Vega? <laughs> <laughs> this,
1: time last year was being, this time last year was putting out a tweet that said, I support unionization and was immediately fired. Oh. Like I was in a, it, it's been almost a year ago. Cause I was sitting in a, in a restaurant in Lexington, Kentucky. When I saw her tweet that and I was like, that's weird. And then a few minutes later, my brother sent me a text, dude, they released Selena Vega.
0: Yeah. it's very quick.
1: Yeah. So so, so yeah. So, congratulations to the the Queens Crown tournament champion, Zelina Vega, who has parlayed this into a little bit of a winning streak. Which, Lord knows, she needed it. And again, like I said, the Washington Generals had had more success than she had. So,
0: one last one last question on Zelina. Yeah. Since she since she's gotten this Queen Queen's Crown, you notice she's doing like this off and on accent, right? Right. Do you think that's intentional or? she just sucks at acting uh, that it's that it's like in and out because the first week I was really confused. I was like, she's talking like she's from New York, but now she's talking like she's from like Britain. Now she's talking like she's from Britain, York. Like, <laughs> like, you know, like it was going in and out. I don't
1: I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt and say that she was trying to do the whole British royalty thing and realized it wasn't going to work and just kind of stopped it but yeah yeah i i got nothing
0: yeah i don't know i just i just thought that was really weird hadn't seen that before you know i'd seen it with kofi but he got called out and then he was never jamaican again right (laughs) he's like oops my bad
1: West Africa if I remembered right though like yeah he got called out but it was like right after Kofi's parents or cousins or something got really pissed off that he was being a, being asked to be a Jamaican on TV like, they did a story with the Boston Globe like yeah he's not really from Jamaica He his family's Ghanaian and and you know his dad's like a professor at, at Boston College or something and and like we don't appreciate that he is uh being considered jamaican and then the next week they they drop the you're not really from jamaica are you that was the... <laughs>
0: yeah, that, that would make sense for sure um still a classic moment though oh yeah because his reaction was was priceless yes so what else has been going on uh that the culture anything else really
1: not really um It looks like, I mean, I'll quickly touch on AEW because it looks like we're fixing to get the Hangman versus Omega match that we've been kind of teased for nearly a year now, and all signs point to to Hangman winning the belt. But other than that, I I really don't have much of anything.
0: Hangman's fun.
1: Yeah, Hangman is fun. I like him. All right, let me see if I.
0: That should be a good match.
1: Yeah, it really should be. I mean, Omega can have a good match with just about anybody, and, yeah. and Hangman's got it going. All right. Sorry, I was pulling up the list of people who had been released because
0: I didn't yeah. think that's going next. Yeah, now now to the bad news.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, WWE, uh, WWE released everybody and their mama. 18 Again. Games. 18
1: people were released. Uh, I believe it was last Thursday.
0: I think it was Thursday or Friday. Yeah.
1: Yeah, was, I think it was last Thursday. Um, we'll go through them real. Uh, we'll we'll I'll name them, and then we can kind of. We're not going to talk about each one of them individually. We ain't got time for all that. And and some of them, like you don't know a whole lot about it. B. Fab of Hit Row. The the thing about that was like apparently she had signed a contract like a week earlier, like a multi year contract, like the week before, and then she's released. Uh, Ember Moon, Eva Marie, thank you. Frankie Monet, <laughs> Grand Metalik, Harry Smith, Jeet Rama, Jesse Kamea, Karrion Cross, Katrina Cortez, Keith Lee, Lince Dorado, Maya Yim, Naya Jax, or Mia Yim, I'm sorry. Naya Jax, Oni Lorkin, Scarlett Bordeaux, Trey Baxter, Zeta Ramirez. I think, I think the names that kind of stick out are Ember, Frankie, um, Harry Smith's kind of an interesting story because he had been, you know, he, he's the former D.H. Smith. He had been away for a while. Apparently, the WWE rehired him like in March, and he was—they were planning on bringing him back and let, having to do stuff. He had some dark matches, and then they released him. Um, but then, Karrion Cross, Keith Lee, Mia Yim, Nia Jackson, Scarlett are kind of the ones that you kind of—they kind of stick out.
0: Yeah. I read it could have been Meltzer. Uh, I assume it was Meltzer, but there's a report that uh, the cuts were related to, you know, obviously WWE came out and said budget cuts um, because they're a publicly traded company, right? Right. But the the report I read was that some of the cuts were age related and some of them were vaccination related. Um, so I took that to assume that the NXT cuts were age related because you look at like Frankie Monet, she's like 38. Um, and then I took it to mean the main roster cuts were vaccination related because with NXT, they're not traveling. They're in the same building. So I don't think the vaccination status matters, but on the main roster, you're traveling to different states, different arenas, different protocols, different guidelines, different. So if you're not vaccinated, you may not be able to perform for the next three weeks. So it's hard for them to put you in a story if you can't be on TV because of your vaccination status. So to me, that's more plausible than just simply budget cuts. Um, because somebody like you said, like Harry Smith, they just signed him and he hadn't been on TV. Like they ain't paying him a million dollars. You know what I mean? Um, so that that kind of made more sense to me than just strictly for budgetary reasons. You know, I just felt like the the budget uh, quote was just strictly for PR purposes and for you know the, the 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 stockholder type stuff. and
1: without trying to get too political on here, if you if you really paid attention to carrying Cross, And scarlets likes and stuff on Twitter. Let's just say they weren't really. I don't know that they took COVID. I don't know if they felt that COVID was serious. Right. Serious that serious? Like they would. They would. They. I don't want to say they were purely anti-vaxxers, but they seemed to be skeptical at best. Right. Uh, Nia again the same way
0: you know and so that's what kind of made me think that maybe wwe gave them a deadline um this is all me assuming and pontificating here like there's no inside information or anything but it would make sense you know in my head we'll give you this deadline if you're not vaccinated by this deadline uh, we'll explore different options or something and then the deadline came and they got released and then within nxt it was Because everybody knows that NXT, they're trying to go younger. They're trying to get the younger crowd in. They're trying to, you know, uh, develop, quote unquote, new stars. But you can do that regardless of age. But they're trying to get younger. That's the overall kind of mantra that's been going around with this whole NXT 2.0. So with them releasing the people they did release, that kind of made sense in that respect. So that's, you know, regardless of who uh, reported it, like I said, I assume it was Meltzer. I read it on the Twitter uh, that th- th- those two reasons seem more plausible and they make more sense to me than just strictly budget cuts because there wasn't, you know, if they, if they released of uh, Dolph Ziggler, Brandy uh, 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 Orton and edge. Okay. I could believe it's for budget cuts, you know, but when it's NXT, when it's developmental talent and lower card, mid card. And really, and really of the people that got fired from the main roster, Nye nice,
1: the only one that's got really any long term run there. Right. You know, Karrion Cross and Keith Lee. I mean, Dorado to an extent, but he hasn't really been on TV all that much. Same with same with Mia Yim.
0: Right. And they're, neither one, uh, let's say Dorado isn't putting a hole in the budget. You know what I mean? Like he, like it ain't he happening. The only one I could see being a that
1: might could be making enough that that it could be considered a pure
0: budget cut, but right. Everything else, I'm like, eh. yeah. And so that's why I tend to believe the the report of it being um, more vaccination related or age related than strictly financial. Oh, absolutely. You know. Um, because they have to put on a show every week, two times a week, sometimes three times a week, sometimes four. You know, so you have to be your your biggest availability is to be available. You know, yep, your biggest uh, is availability. Yeah, and if you can't if you can't be there, then they can't use you, and then they have no need for you. Uh, and, so, and
1: you know, you've got Keith. You know, Keith Lee had COVID, and it caused him heart problems. Right. So you know, you, and you don't know if maybe in his case it's a what if he gets in there and he can't go or what if he can only do so much and then he has a heart attack or his heart's right. not ready. You know, um, and again, and, and, and uh, apparently, you know, they come out, you know, apparently sources have come out and you always take these with a grain of salt that, you know, he wouldn't do jobs. He was refusing to work with people and and that sort of thing. And I've just, I take that with a grain of salt because, especially in a case like this, you're going to – when it was kind of unexpected the way it was, you're not going to just say, well, you know, he was just great and grand and wonderful and we didn't really want to do it. You know, oftentimes you find little things or anything you can depend on them and be like, well, he was difficult to work with. So, But that did come out last week.
0: Yeah, I I tend not to believe stuff like that because – For somebody, once again, if it's a Dolph Ziggler or if it's a Kofi Kingston or even a Big E, somebody who's been there for 10, 12 years or longer and that report comes out about them after they're released, I could understand it. But somebody who just got to the main roster, who's trying to to earn a spot, who's trying to work, and you're going to be dictating, no, I don't believe that. Like, I don't believe – and Keith Lee seems like a really intelligent guy, right? Yes. I don't think he would have that mindset because that's not going to get you anywhere. Like you know? I might can see him saying in a situation, hey – Maybe, yeah, maybe a specific situation, like, but not just in general. Or this job or to get this much offense on. Right. Something, they, yeah, something very specific. I, yeah, definitely. I could definitely see not, something like that, but not, not being – oh, I'm not losing to Randy Orton. You know? Yeah, not being a general a general theme, you know, yeah, like I about you, every match. Yeah, like one time being like,
1: you know, does, you know, are we sure we need Lince Dorado to get this much, you know, for him to dominate 85% of the match with me? Are, are we sure?
0: Right. Yeah, I can definitely see that.
1: But, yeah, but Keith Lee has never struck me. Like, you never hear stories about
0: him being difficult to work with or uh. using to
1: Stuff. Like you've never heard
0: that, and that that man's been grinding for years to get right. to where he was.
1: He's not, and he's not going to throw that all away. No, to prove a point.
0: Not at all. Not at all. Um, but yeah, I think him wherever he winds up, uh, carrying cross. There's a few of them that I I I think Keith Lee by far will have the biggest future. Uh, outside of WWE and I could he's one that I could definitely see coming back to WWE in three or four years um, but hopefully for everybody involved they'll land on their feet whether it's in wrestling whether it's in another form of entertainment or something else you know hate to always you know anytime somebody loses their job and their, their their ability to provide for their family is tough but at the same time it's part of the business and WWE has a 30, 40 year track record of doing stuff like this. So I don't really know why people get bent out of shape when it happens, because it's gonna happen and it's gonna continue happening, and you're gonna continue to get pissed about it. And the cycle continues. Um, but yeah, yeah and, I mean as much as I hate to say it like
1: the handwriting's been kind of on the wall for for some like Ember yep. Moon, the handwriting's kind of been on the wall for her. Yep. Um and obviously like NXT, they're wanting to go younger like they are they are they are they are tearing it down and they're trying to get it go, go pure developmental and pure um youth and and you know, a few veterans around to kind of help the young and the younger generation learn the ropes but and hand and pass the torch when the time comes. but by and large, you know you don't they it, NXT is, going it's going back to what it was originally set up to be, the developmental. Not, you know, kind of a third touring indie brand.
0: Yeah, I actually like the direction they're going with NXT. Well, I do too. I think it'll take time and patience, but I think it'll pay off.
1: Oh, absolutely, and that's the thing. If Vince will actually show the patients, they've got some stuff. They've got pieces.
0: Oh, for they sure.
1: Build the next generation. It's just, again, as always. Um, and I don't, you know, you know, we we we've both kind of been on the, you know, you don't want to just turn it into a Vince bashing session. But that's the thing. If Vince will just show patients, you've got some.
0: One hundred percent man. So what else? What else has been I'm trying to think? Anything stuck in my head. Uh I'm trying to see. Uh looks like we got uh who is it? One of the Usos is going after old King Woods. No I think it's- Let me look. Slade, man, it doesn't matter if it's New Day versus the Usos or Jimmy versus Kofi or Xavier versus Jay or Jimmy versus – it doesn't matter what combination of matches those two teams have. Knock it out of the park every time. Absolutely. It's the chemistry those four guys have together. And then you could throw Big E in there, obviously, but he's on his own right now. Uh, but the chemistry those four guys have together is just uh, – and they've always had it. They've always had it. Um, it's just remarkable. And I could I could watch them wrestle eight days a week, man.
1: 100%. 100%. They are so good. Again, their Hell in a Cell match is one of the best ever.
0: Yeah. Like yeah, they,
1: they – They just bring out the best of each other.
0: They do. And – you know, I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago or whatnot, but the Usos, man, they it, have a hard time convincing me they're not the top tag team in WWE history by the time they're done.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: No, you're going to have a hard time. I think you can make a very good argument that the Usos are the greatest tag team in WWE history. Yeah. The longevity, the continuity, the everything, man
1: their ability to kind of reinvent themselves because they got stale there for a little while. They did. And then they just they 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 made a couple of changes. They they became heel, they they cut out the haka, they started doing it, they started kind of cranking up the tough guy and it just it just worked.
0: When they debuted in what 2011 or I'm trying to think. It was 10 or
1: 11 because they, they debuted against the recently released Harry Smith and TG, and uh, Tyson Kidd because
0: they yeah. came in with Mina. I mean, so they've been doing this for 10 years, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you'd be hard-pressed to find in WWE. You know, you can go through all the territories different, but in WWE, you'd be hard-pressed to find another tag team that's done it for 10, 11 years without breaking up, without feuding against each other and doing it at the level they've done it at, you know, because the Dudleys broke up, the Hardys broke up, Edging Christian broke up, uh, the, uh, Sean and, uh, Marty Jannetty broke up, uh, Heart Foundation broke up. the Heart Foundation broke up by like, all of these, all these classic, yeah, all these classic tag teams, they broke up, and they didn't last a decade plus. The only ones that – I mean, the only one I can think of that might
1: have that longevity is the Road Warriors, and that's that's multiple territories, and even then, you know, you had
0: but – Yeah, but, and then they wound up doing uh, the LOD 2000, and then they broke right. the – and it got – yeah, you got to be silly towards the end. And then they started playing on Hawks alcoholism and whatever. And um, that went down bad at the end. But, um, yeah, I mean, th- at most, there might be one or two other tag teams that you could put in that same category in terms of been together for 10-plus years, never broke up, and did it at the highest level the entire time. Right. You know, um, they're, they're in a select few Uh, you know category uh and i think it's and i think it's mainly because i was listening to uh to 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 old corny old jim Cornette. this is a little while back and it was some ranking of like the top 50 wwe tag teams and i think i think new day was number one and i think the usos were like number three or number four and you know Cornette's an old school guy uh he just started laughing and he he's he respects the Usos and he likes the Usos, but he was laughing that they were as high as they were on the list. But one thing that I thought that he was not thinking about and not realizing was how long they've been together, you know, because he was mentioning all these tag teams from like the 80s and 90s. And it's like, yeah, they were together like three or four years. Like, cool. Like, yeah, they're good, but you, you're, you're dismissing a decade. Like, you're dismissing a decade of work and still being relevant after that. Like, that says something, you know. Um, and I've never seen them have a bad match. I'm sure they've had, you know. like, But none of them stick out to me. Um, but the good matches do.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know. And they've had bangers with a lot of folks. Uh, right. The New Day, obviously, um, they had some really good matches with American Alpha when the American Alpha moved up. With, uh, Jason Jordan and Chad Gable, they had some good matches with the 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 uh, what you? They had some matches with uh, um, Gable and Anderson. Who else did they had some with? Um,
0: didn't they have? Didn't they have a little thing with the uh, the, the the Cesaro and old dude? Yes. Uh, Cesaro and Seamus well, was th- yeah I was thinking all uh who was the Swagger. yeah Swagger
1: the real Americans
0: the real American I was thinking un-Americans I was like no that was somebody else the real Americans. yeah, American, yeah, yeah it was Zeb Coulter yes uh yeah I mean they've had the Usos it's one of those when you look back uh you'll you, people will really appreciate what they've done and and how long they did it for and how consistently well they did it. Yes. They are so good. And their charisma is just, I mean, obviously you got the New Day. Uh, That's one thing that WWE's tag team division does have going for it now, right now, um, is the charisma from these teams. Because you look at it, man, the New Day, charisma, Usos, charisma, AJ and Omos, Omos, well, AJ's got charisma, you know, uh, Riddle and Orton, charisma, Rudin and Ziegler, charisma. Like, that's, most of their tag teams, they're not lacking in that department. They're not boring, you know what I mean? Uh, so, that's one thing they do have going for them in the tag team division right now
1: really do and and again they they've got depth which is something they've never really had
0: yeah they've 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 developed some depth depth
1: yeah which oh, is i'll oh, go ahead i'm sorry
0: i was sorry. just gonna say also speaking of new days shout out to Big E for saying that otis looked like a walking thumb on smackdown yes i laughed so hard yeah. I laugh so hard, <laughs> and then at the end he's like, "No, really, what happened to your face?" And I just start, like, "Oh my god, this is so good." And then Otis didn't even crack. It's just great. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Somebody called me a walking thumb, Slade. I, I don't. I don't I'd really. This was saying I wouldn't have any type of comeback for it at all. I'm like you know what? You're probably right. <laughs> I'm a walking thumb.
1: It's always fun to watch. One of my favorite things to do is watch old videos of of uh, wrestlers doing promos and the guy, and Oakland was the world's best, world's best or worst, depending on how you look at it. He would start just cracking in the middle. Oh, yeah. I said something. he'd He'd have to turn his back. Yeah. He had to turn his back to the camera to keep from cracking like, cracking on camera and it is there is some gold in some of those other stuff yeah. in some of those old videos
0: which is probably part of the reason why that stuff is all written now for everybody but it takes away so much <sighs> of the fun i agree like i agree
1: like Gene Okerlund cracking up because
0: it's natural because, uh, because D- david
1: schultz said said hulk hogan was looking you know Hulk Hogan was trying to find a woman in San Francisco, but he couldn't find one. He just found a lot of men that looked like women. Again, I implore you, find that video. It's not exactly the most PC in 2021, but Oakland's reaction just makes it.
0: Oh, that, dude, that's like, I've been watching or listening to Tony Schiavone's podcast, and they've been going back through, you know, WCW 1986 and watching World Championship Wrestling every single week and following it through the year and just kind of recapping that whole year. And, dude, I mean, well, you got Flair on there. You got Dusty Rhodes. You got the yes. uh, Jimmy Valiant. You got freaking Jim Cornette. And, dude, I mean, it's like one of the last episodes I was listening to, Cornette was cutting this promo, and, like, he was just talking about how he calls his mama for everything. He's like, mama got me the scaffold. He was uh, uh, promoting the scaffold match at 86 Starcade and he's like oh my mama i called my mama and she got me the scaffold and da-da-da-da. and then he said well, what did i do when this happened he said i did what any red blooded man would do i called my mama and, and like just like the whole promo was talking about him calling his mama and his mama da-da-da-da-da. but he was talking his shit and it was yeah i mean stuff like that you can't write you know um and it's it's, it's glorious it's wonderful it's it's great and i completely agree Apparently he made that up on the spot in Memphis. Cornette's just
1: because, <laughs> because he had been a photographer for years yeah. in Louisville, and Louisville was part of the Memphis territory. And he told Jerry Lawler that he wanted to get in, but he knew he couldn't. You know, he wasn't big enough to be a wrestler, and so he wanted to be a manager. And a lot of people recognized him, so he started to talk. He did this interview, and like off the top of his head, he goes, "You know." I've always wanted to be a wrestler, but I just wasn't big enough to, but mama always told me, you know, she always had the money <laughs> to get me anything I wanted, and I told her I wanted to be a manager, and holy crap, instant heat getter, Yeah, because you got a bunch of blue-collar people who didn't have that growing up, they had to fight and work for everything they ever got, that just, it
0: it worked. Yeah, if you're if you're listening and you haven't really and the only thing you really know about Jim Cornette is his YouTube channel or his controversial comments or whatever, please go down a YouTube rabbit hole or Peacock, whatever, and find just start watching Jim Cornette promos. Um yes. there might Heenan, maybe Heenan and Heyman, I would put in his category in terms of like manager promos even yes
1: um Heyman, i'm not so sure about there it's uh, different yeah Heyman's is always a little bit more serious yeah and it's not just Cornette. Cornette had a way of cracking
0: you up even when he was being dead serious right yeah yeah because Cornette would say something like we're gonna beat you so bad that you're and then he would tell off into some kind of Yeah, comparison that just made you laugh, but it's like, we're still beating your ass. Like Yeah. Yeah. And then uh,
1: there's one where he tells um oh, he's doing an interview about a thing at Great American Bash, and the stipulation is if the Midnights win, they'll get to give the Fantastics ten lashes with the leather strap. And if the Fantastics win, then they'll get to give the Midnight Express ten lashes with the leather whip and Jim Cornette's going to be put in a in a shark cage above the ring. And the thing is, Cornette was legitimately terrified of heights. Like he was legitimately terrified of it. So he does this this little this thing where he's like he gets a weekly world news and he's like 80% of the people here <clears throat> don't want Jim Cornette to be in a shark in a shark uh, cage. 10% or Twelve percent say they do, and eight percent can't be reached for comment. And he's like, and then also in this episode, uh, this issue of the Weekly World News, we learned Elvis Presley's not die, not dead. He was found alive in a Burger King in Kalamazoo, Michigan. <laughs> like, 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 who comes up with
0: this? Yeah, Cornette was on a different level. Yes, he was absolutely. And 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 I mean, you can kind of get that from him if you listen to. Uh, his YouTube clips or whatnot, that the passion, I mean, the passion is still there. It's just directed in a different way now than it was back then. Um, Cause he, you can tell he still cares about wrestling. He just hates what it's gotten to at this point, which is uh, to each their own. Right. Um, and, and I'll say this for Cornette and Cornette has said a lot
1: of things I don't agree with, but if, but if Cornette likes you, he will go to the end of the world for you. Right, like you see the way he reacted. I don't know if you did. You listen to his pod after uh, Bobby Eaton died. Yeah, like, like that's that's was a broken man. Like you can't fake that amount of sadness.
0: No, and, not at all.
1: And like, in and, and apparently, you know, Tony Khan and a lot of the AEW folks put a lot of stuff out nice about how much they appreciated Bobby Eaton's work and how they appreciated what he did and like Cornette has toned down a lot of his anti-AEW because it's like, you know what? They were really nice to my friend Bobby when they didn't have to be. I'm not going to hold this against them. Hold my feelings about their product against them personally, because they were nice when they didn't
0: have to be. Right. Probably the funniest thing I've heard Cornette say about AEW. He said some funny things, but probably the funniest is he calls, uh, he calls, he calls Orange Cassidy pockets. Yes. Cause he just sticks his hands in his pockets. I thought that's a great nickname. So he doesn't ever say Orange Cassidy. He just says pockets. (laughs) It's great. Well, Slate, you got anything else, man? Um, once again
1: we had a lot right
0: there no we did we did like i said there's been quite a bit going on the last few weeks um in and out of the ring um gearing up for survivor series i think that's the next pay-per-view right yeah yeah uh so we got survivor series coming up in a few weeks um like i said last week's episode of raw was really really good uh I'm watching tonight's episode right now as we're recording, and it's kind of more of the same. You got RK-Bro and the Street Profits in a tag team match with Rudin Ziggler and uh, another tag team. It just went on commercial. But it's more – but, man, it's one of those things, man. Some of these teams, I don't care if they do rematches because the rematch is better than the first match, you know. Uh, So – but last week, last week's episode of Raw was I was highly entertained. I was really surprised. Didn't get to watch SmackDown because I had to work. Uh, but yeah, I mean, no, no, no real complaints from me, man. I, there's have been hitting hot spots lately. I was about to say there had they haven't really done anything that's been too egregious, in my opinion, the last few weeks outside of like I mentioned earlier the. They got to invest more or find something to do with the the middle tier of the women's division. Uh, Cause all those women are just kind of seemingly interchangeable and kind of just floating around on an Island. And there's nobody really, I mean, you got your, 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 uh, your Twitter uh, stands, I guess for lack of a better term who are going to care, but the majority doesn't and and I think a lot of that's on the creative in the front office and not necessarily the talent themselves um you know because we use the Morgan as an example is just one example but uh Shayna Baszler should be kicking ass and taking names uh they should be doing more with Tony Storm they should be doing more with uh uh Naomi Um uh, right you know, there's there's plenty of examples to go around that, that kind of shows you that e- either a they don't care or b they just don't know what to do uh, for whatever reason. And so, hopefully, that'll change here pretty soon. Uh, but that, I mean, that would be really the only issue I've had with 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 WWE um, over the last couple of weeks.
1: Other than that, I've got nothing else. I've got nothing else to complain about. And they've been they've been hitting it.
0: Oh no, for sure, for sure. Slate, if you ain't got anything else, I ain't got anything else. I think we'll we'll not get anything else together and we'll get on out of here. All righty. I'm with it. All right. Well, guys, once again, thank you for tuning in. As always, please give us a like and a follow on social medias. Like I said, at the beginning of the episode, we are on Twitter and Facebook. On Facebook, we are at Buckle Talk. And on Twitter, we are at Turnbuckle P. Like I said, give us a like and a follow on both of those platforms. It would be greatly appreciated. Uh, It would be your easiest way to stay up to date on all things Turnbuckle Talk. Uh, We apologize for for not recording the last two or three weeks, however long it's been. Like we said earlier, though, life gets in the way. Uh, we got, you know, Slade's had some important stuff going on in his life. Uh, we just, we just haven't been able to get our schedules together, but we found some free time today. Uh, it, it's always good chatting up with you, Slade, about some wrestling and about life in general, man. Um, always enjoy it. Always one of the highlights of my week kind of takes me away from everything for a couple of hours. So, I uh, can't really complain about that, you know? Absolutely. Well, Slade, once again, I want to tell you congratulations to you and your fiance on on the engagement. Uh, Like I said, happy to see what the future holds for both of y'all. I know it's just going to be full of great things. Um, And uh, yeah, man, happy, happy, happy for y'all. We appreciate y'all listening. Again, uh, if this is your first time listening, please go back and check the archives. We got a ton of episodes uh, covering a ton of topics uh, in and outside of the ring. It would be greatly appreciated, and if you if if, if, if you're a returning repeat listener, hey man, we appreciate it. Uh, we thank you for following along and, and listening to us on this journey. Um, hopefully, it is our goal that the next episode will not be three weeks from now. Um, we should be able to get we should be able to get our episode recorded before then. Um, yeah, but yeah, should hopefully slow down here soon. So yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, well, we say that, and then holiday season's coming up, so everybody's about to be traveling us. But you know what? That's life, man. But we'll we'll figure it out, um, and we'll we'll be back together soon for another episode of Turnbuckle Talk. But until then, we appreciate you tuning in and listening to Turnbuckle Talk.
1: Y'all have a good.